Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, October 16th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Three companies are seeking approval for pipelines to transport carbon dioxide captured from Midwestern ethanol plants. But rural emergency officials worry about what would happen if there's a rupture and CO2 is released into the air. Depending on the weather, it could spread, uh, you know, all the way through town. We'll have more in just a few minutes on the risks that come with CO2 pipelines and how companies say they will prepare local responders. More than 1,000 people in the St. Louis region, outraged by the war between Israel and Hamas, gathered yesterday at a downtown rally. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, many want more support from the U.S. government to save lives in Gaza. Dima Al-Safin's heart is broken for the families of the children who died over the past week in Gaza after attacks from Israel. Al-Safin lives in St. Louis, but is from Gaza. She's worried about her family that lives there. She says she can't sleep knowing they are living in terror. Every day is a struggle. I haven't heard from them in a few days. The generators are running out of fuel. It's been really hard to keep in touch with them. Al-Safin wants Israeli leaders to end the blockade of Palestinian territories. She also wants the Biden administration to send humanitarian aid to Gaza. I'm Andre Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Members of the region's Jewish community also gathered yesterday as they mourn the victims of the war. A few hundred people showed their support for Israel at a rally at the Jewish Federation. Joey Abels says peace will not arrive in the Middle East until the traumas and backgrounds of Israelis and Palestinians are acknowledged. He's optimistic both sides can reach that point. I can't imagine the alternative. I think we, we have to do it. It's just a matter of when and how, how soon, how many more people are going to die before it happens. Abels says he's been feeling pain and sadness since this month's Hamas attacks. The Kirkwood School District says it is working on coordinating support for Tillman Elementary School staff, students, and their families. That's after a man fired several shots into the air yesterday at a school event. Police say there were no injuries and a man is in custody. The shots were fired during an elementary school Halloween event in the Kirkwood North Middle School parking lot. Investigators say people confronted a man who was causing a disturbance. He then fired those shots into the air. A new report shows Illinois' education system weathered the COVID-19 pandemic, but challenges remain in some specific areas. The education advocacy group Advance Illinois says schools in many regions are still struggling with a teacher shortage. President Robin Staines says policy and education leaders need to get to the heart of the shortage and address it. There's literally nothing more important that we do as a state than to make sure that we've got effective teachers in every classroom in front of every child. Staines recommends the state fully fund its evidence-based formula and work harder to increase diversity and equity in the teacher pipeline. The full State of Our Teacher report is posted at stlpr.org. Developers of the proposed Grain Belt Express say they have all necessary state approvals to begin construction on the $7 billion project. The Missouri Public Service Commission has approved plans allowing the high-capacity transmission line to deliver the same amount of clean energy as nearly four nuclear power plants. 
Commission member Kayla Hahn voted against the project during a meeting last week. She says it's been tough to get clear responses from Chicago-based Invenergy. The company is very calculated in what it was saying to release the minimal amount of information. And I can imagine if that's the same way they approach the landowners, that that's why the landowners are so upset with this particular company. The Missouri Farm Bureau opposes the project, saying many farmers are forced to sell land for a transmission line they don't want. Gas prices in the St. Louis region have dropped 10 and a half cents in the past week. Gas Buddy's weekly survey of roughly 1,000 stations shows the average price is $3.42 a gallon. That's down roughly 28 cents from last month and about the same as a year ago. Prices in the Metro East range from $3.59 a gallon to $3.79. They are hovering around $3.29 in the Rolla area, and prices in the Quincy area run between $3.43 a gallon and $3.82. In an effort to capture carbon dioxide from ethanol plants in the Midwest, three companies are proposing new pipelines to carry CO2. The projects would carve paths mostly through farmland and past small towns. Harvest Public Media contributor Grant Gerlock explains why that raises safety concerns for rural first responders. Rows of corn ripen from green to gold along the gravel road that leads from Andy Alexander's home to the city limits of Fremont, a small town of 700 in southern Iowa. When Alexander came back to live in his grandparents' farmhouse a few years ago, he knew he was moving in next to the Dakota Access oil pipeline. It chugs away under a cornfield about an eighth of a mile from his doorstep. Then he learned another pipeline could go right next to it. They're proposing that they put a carbon dioxide pipeline running parallel to the oil pipeline that's currently here. A 1,300-mile pipeline proposed by Navigator CO2 Ventures would cut right between Alexander's house and the town of Fremont. Alexander says he's actually more afraid of a release of carbon dioxide than he is an oil spill. He imagines an invisible cloud of CO2 drifting close to the ground, displacing oxygen along the way. Depending on the weather, it could spread, uh, you know, all the way through town. The 43-year-old is one of the youngest members of Fremont's small volunteer fire department. Alexander wonders how he'd reach people at the elementary school half a mile away. You can see the top of the school bus right there from where we're at. It kind of puts it in perspective how close this is, and it's very flat land, so the CO2 could travel very quickly. His worst fears actually came to life three years ago in an accident hundreds of miles away. The village of Satarsha, Mississippi, was overcome with carbon dioxide on a February night in 2020. Yeah, the county number one. My friend, she's laying on the ground. She's kind of drooling out of the mouth. I don't know if she's having a seizure or not. Okay, what kind of vehicle are you in? First responders, mostly volunteers, evacuated 200 people after the Denbury Gulf Coast pipeline was severed. It released a plume of CO2 and hydrogen sulfide. Yazoo County Emergency Management Director Jack Willingham says firefighters had air tanks, but he recalls a police deputy who didn't. Every time he goes in and gets a victim out, his, his breath gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's like I'm going to hear my friend die on the radio right then until I ordered some other first responder, hey, go, go get him, pull him out of there and don't let him back in. No one was killed, but 45 people were taken to the hospital. 
Satarsha has become shorthand for the fears that people in towns like Fremont, Iowa, have about pipeline safety. Many local responders say they lack the people and resources to face such a disaster themselves. But the companies behind the pipeline project say it's unfair to compare them to Denbury Gulf Coast. The Satarsha incident, as unfortunate as it was, um, was really a violation by Denbury. Jimmy Powell is the chief operating officer of Summit Carbon Solutions, another company proposing a CO2 pipeline in the Midwest. At a recent regulatory hearing in Iowa, Powell said federal law requires companies to work with local responders. And federal regulators plan to propose new rules early next year to improve emergency preparedness. Additionally, Powell says Summit will supply communities along the route with emergency equipment. Anything that they need that makes sense that would be necessary for a CO2 response, worst case scenario, we will provide. Navigator, which proposes a line from Iowa into Illinois, has also pledged to equip local agencies. Phil McCarty is the emergency director for Morgan County, Illinois. He has a list of things he expects Navigator to buy, including drones and CO2 monitors. I want to take control of making sure my responders have what they need to respond. That is what I'm going to focus on, and I won't let up until we get that. McCarty says after Satarsha, pipeline companies and emergency officials know what can happen. The least they can do is be prepared. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Grant Gerlock. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.